Hey, 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 it's your boy Luan here, the host of Get Biz, Do Biz, Get Paid podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, a man I, I really, really, really respect and look up to. He is Clifton Muckenfuse. Hope, hope I didn't butcher his name right there. But he is what I call a visionary, a business builder, business coach, high-performance coach, advisor, uh, consultant. Uh, but forget all the title. He, Clifton is a man of honor. Let's, let's just put that man of honor, man of God, a God fearing man. So, um, welcome to the show, Clifton. Tell the listener something that, uh, they don't know about you. My man, Luan, what an incredible introduction. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to get here and, uh, spend some time with you. Uh, and your audience, um, something that the audience doesn't know about me. I mean, if you've been following me for any period of time, uh, you you probably have heard me allude to this, but if not, uh, one thing that, that most people don't know about me that I kept hidden for many, 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 many years is I've been arrested seven times. <laughs> and so um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, past trauma, if you will, inside of that. But on the other side, that's why I'm also so joyful. That's why I'm also so grateful, Luan, is because I'm able to have conversations like this with men like you. Uh, I've been blessed beyond measure to overcome all of that stuff. So that's uh that that's something that probably that's a fun fact that most people do not know about me. So uh unpack for me a little bit there. What was uh what 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 are some of the positive experience that you felt like those seven times that getting arrested teach you today? That's a really good question that that kind of you know forces me into a little bit of a, a state of introspection, which which I which I appreciate. And, and I believe if I zoom out macro and 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 kind of look at the the whole body of work, if you will, a lot of lessons learned in there. A lot. And and, and some of those uh, are understanding how to read people. Right, because I got arrested with one guy who was not a person that I thought he was. He was doing something that I had no idea about. But so, so learning how to read people, also that you're not bigger than anything. As as you, you may think you're invincible, you may think you're unstoppable, you may think you can get away with fill in blank. But eventually, as the Bible says, what you do in the dark is sure to come out in the light. And so learn some very valuable lessons there. But I, I believe that, you know, learning to read people, learning to uh, appreciate the fact that you're not bigger uh, than uh, your circumstances or you're not bigger than you think you are. I think are probably two of the biggest lessons. And, and then finally, I mean, the, the the given or the easy one to know is, it's expensive when you make dumb decisions. <laughs> dumb decisions cost you a lot of money. That's why we're in entrepreneurship. We call it the dumb tax, right? Right. 
Right. Yeah, so we have that in life as well. So uh so you say you got arrested for seven times and uh what was this like, man? Uh at the at, at, at the seventh time. What what was the feeling like uh when you're in, in the bunk for seven times, the, the seventh time, right? What was what was going through your head, man? How how did you come from that? to a Clifton is today what was uh what was the the I I, I say the uh how do I say it? the inflection point that mm-hmm. uh that made you decided that I don't want to be this person anymore and then we we all have that inflection point and I can vividly remember when my was right um it's uh it was same thing jail cell DUI um you know, but that wasn't that. That's just the first time. The second, third, fourth time is AA meeting, AA meeting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had an inflection point that uh, that that I decided, fuck all this shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my life around. Uh, I'm worth more than this. I wonder what that was for you. Was it the seventh time you get arrested, or was it come a little later than that? I think it actually came later than that. And 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 here's 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 the thing. So I'm an only child. And so growing up, I didn't have any siblings, obviously, as an only child. And I was always really starving for attention. As I've gotten older, I've started to understand psychology and people and all of that. And, you know, we all need significance, right? We all need to feel there's a basic human need of connection and love. And so... As a child, you know, growing up, I was loved, but I was always seeking attention, always attention. And so when I went into college, the best way that I could get that attention is to, you know, do some crazy shit. And so that's what I did. And and and, and I was all about partying and, and chasing opportunity and chasing this and chasing that, chasing money. As a college kid, man, you're 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 basically broke. So I figured out ways to make money um not always the legal way but um it was it was it was those behaviors that kind of led to you know the seventh time but i was always partying it's always seeking that good time really and truly luan and i've shared this from stage it was a long period of time where i had this hole in my heart h o l e right had a hole in my heart and so that seventh time, you know, I moved, I moved away from Florida, moved up to the Carolinas. Um, and, you know, I was, I was working in the mortgage business. The mortgage company went out of business. My grandmother passed away. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, really feeling kind of lost. I was there with a new girlfriend, uh, unemployed. And she looks at me and goes, what now? And I'm like, I have no idea what now. And, you know, it was really the first time that this young lady, who is now my wife, looked at me and says, hey, I don't know what it's going to be, but I believe in you. Right? Powerful, powerful words. And if you ever had anybody say that to you, man, you know the impact it has. And so I would say that's probably the starting point. I started a business. I started a cleaning business. I was cleaning toilets, after hours, downtown nightclubs, hair salons, car dealerships, uh, rental homes, all kinds of stuff, fighting with roaches and maggots, cleaning out uh, 
housing for college students, all of that. I grew that business to a very nice level uh, and then had an opportunity to start a construction company. So where I'm going with that is my focus went back to opportunity and I started growing these businesses, right? But then my relationships were struggling. And I had a, I had a son at the time, then I had another son 21 months later and another kid, my daughter, 21 months after that. And the inflection point was, it's pretty interesting that you asked me the question because tomorrow, I don't know when this episode will air, but today is December 22nd. So tomorrow, December 23rd will be five years to the day that I woke up and I said, you know what? You have a bigger purpose on this planet. And so at that time, I weighed about 230 pounds. I got high all the time, was drinking all the time. Good business, relationships terrible. And I downloaded my fitness pal on my cell phone, which is a, an app where you track your macros and, and all of that stuff. And I made a decision on that day. I made a commitment on that day that, you know what? It was no longer going to be about me. It was going to be about we. And so I've been on a five-year journey of being the best husband, the best father, the best role model that I could be. And man, that was the inflection point. I can remember it like it was, like you said, like it was yesterday. And when I look down at the date, I'm like, man, five-year anniversary. And what I mean by that, Luan, is I made a commitment. Every single thing that I have put in my body has gone into this cell phone app. Everything. Except for one week when I was in the Bahamas and I didn't have a cell phone service and it didn't upload. But other than that, <laughs> um, that was really the inflection point, man. I made a, a decision, a conscious decision. It's not going to be about me. It's going to be about we. I really leaned into my faith. And I think that's very important to note here. Really got connected with God. Really connected with God. And, um, and we may unpack some of this, but what I've gone through over the last five years, there's no way I could have survived that without him being uh, with me every step of the way. And so now I'm whole, W-H-O-L-E. Hey, man, uh, that's that's an amazing message right now, um, you know, that uh, we I've witnessed your journey. You've gone through a lot of hardship that most, I would say, normal, even business people, they would be like, fuck this shit. I'm out. I'm done. I'm never either never buying a boat again, never owning a business again, never be a coach again. You know, all I feel like all that has happened to you in such like a short period of time that we know each other. Well, actually, we know each other a little bit more over two years now. But yeah. uh I feel like uh, you know, you had uh and this is my uh uh uh, uh um, this is my uh, observation is you had an unwavering faith that everything is going to shake out at the end of the day. Tell me a little bit more about how did you develop that faith? How can you surrender under God and let him take you, where, let you lead your ship wherever it goes like talk to me uh, actually talk to me a lot about that not a little bit a lot about that because i think this is important for 
the entrepreneur, the business owner, the 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 tip of the spear, whatever, the leader of the house, tip tip of the spear. If you are in any kind of position that that are the tip of the spear that we charting into the unknown, this is a really important uh you know thing to dive in is faith. Yeah. How how uh, how how you develop that faith? How 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 did you do it? Or what what what, what was the process that uh, took you to that? That's a that's a really good question. So I want to I want to preface this with everybody's faith journey is their own journey. It's specific and individualized to them, and in fact. We are all, we, me, you, my wife, people that are worth $100 million, people worth billions of dollars, people that can't pay their rent tomorrow. We are all on our own individual journey in life. We may not be where we want to be, but we are precisely where our habits have led us and where God wants us to be. So I want to start with that. So faith is no different. My faith journey is going to look different than your faith journey, than someone else's faith journey. The cool thing about faith is that Jesus Christ wants to have a relationship with all of us, regardless of where we're at in our journey. Regardless if we're wealthy beyond, uh, you know, measure, regardless if we're poor, poor defined as not a lot of money, not a lot of, you know, things, but he who is poor on the world in the, in the world will surely have riches in the kingdom. And that's what it's about. And so, you know, when I look back uh, at, over this journey, you know, think about when you go down a personal development journey, what is one thing that most people start to do when they commit to a personal development journey? They they start reading. They start surrounding themselves by people that they relate to, that maybe that group of people has something that uh, they want or what they're attracted to, maybe the behaviors of that group or something they want to model themselves after. And so here's the thing. So I got in a church, got connected with the church, but I started reading. I started reading the Bible. Okay. And then download the Version Bible app, started doing Bible studies. And if you think about one of the greatest leaders ever was Jesus, one of the greatest teachers as well. And so if I am going to be a leader in my home, in my community, but also a leader of myself, who can I model those behaviors after? Why not him? And so that's what I started to do. Am I perfect? Heck no. Am I close to perfect? Absolutely not. But I can tell you that every day, multiple times a day when I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, direct my thoughts and my actions to do those things that are honorable and pleasing to you. Help me avoid the distractions of the devil because I know that they're coming. 
And I know I can't face life alone. As is written in the word, 2 Timothy 4, 17, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. And so I lean on him. And I had a, really quickly, I had, I had a, a, a yacht stolen from me. I had my dad diagnosed with brain cancer. My dad passed away four months ago. Uh, I, I've had all kinds of stuff happen. And I've yet to waver in my faith in God because he's where I get the strength from. He's where I get the strength from to show up every single day. You're a coaching client of mine. You've become like a brother of mine. But you know what? You deserve my best self when it's time for us to talk about your business. Same thing for every other client. Lord, help me be present right here at this moment for this call. And that's what I do. And it works out every single time. Yeah, so uh, I I just want to add a little bit more onto this. Is uh, you know I love that uh, you uh, you you lead with your faith and uh, and you show the world that you know, uh, and that is something that uh, that I don't see a lot of people doing. Um, and uh, and to me, it's a it's almost a disservice to the people that we serve if we don't let people know where our faith lies and people can maybe agree or disagree with me on this but uh i will praise the lord lord all day long because like you say everybody faith journey is different everybody uh you know uh and whether you believe in god or other religion or it's we here we talking about faith we talked about what you believe in something higher than yourself because to me uh the moment that i surrender myself the moment that i pray and ask uh mm -hmm. to remove all the anxiety from my head and just just do the action mm -hmm. right just do the action that that hey what would jesus do in this environment Am I a good person? I don't think I am yet, but I act as if God is with him right here with me right now. He is. Yep. I act as if, you know, Jesus would be behind me chirping my ear. Hey, uh, do the right thing. Do the right thing, right? So uh, everybody's journey is different, but I, I believe, I strongly believe that in the entrepreneurial journey, in a father, uh, in a father figure journey, in a coaching journey, in any kind of authority journey, uh, it's almost faith is required for you to operate to a certain extent because um, there will be too much to bear at a certain point in time uh, if you try to do it, if you try to do it all by yourself. Wouldn't you agree? Hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people go into the the coaching business because they see it as easy, quick money, right? Man, coaching is hard. Coaching is difficult. Coaching requires a lot of strength, a lot of mental fortitude. But to your point, 
God prepares those and calls those that he needs to be in those positions. Right? We have to recognize that we're in a position to impact millions of people. Millions of people all across the world. Some of the greatest feedback that I've received from clients this year are Clifton. You've helped me with my business, yes. You've helped me become a better husband, yes. But man, what you've really helped me do is show me the way to be a better Christian and to get connected with God. And I've got chills over here talking about it. And I've said before, man, like this is my mission field. And I will not shy away from it. For years, for the majority of my life, I was programmed. You don't talk about politics and religion. And I still don't talk about politics. And the reason why is just because, admittedly, I'm just not that educated in it. And truthfully, because most of the time when you start having political conversations, one person gets butt hurt, and the next thing you know, you got an argument. And I don't have the mental capacity or the space to deal with that. But I do not have a problem talking about faith or religion. Because you know what? That person on the other side of this conversation may not have ever heard the good news and is instead sitting there self-defeatist going, man, my life is terrible. Nothing good is happening. My life means nothing. And then I'm having a conversation with you seven times arrested, should be dead, sold drugs, did drugs. Now, look at me, successful, very successful. And uh, I am overflowing with love, overflowing with gratitude. You want to know how I got that? Are you interested in hearing more? All we need is a conversation. You're one conversation, one decision away from a dramatically different life. And maybe that's the person that walks into me or walks up to me. It's like, damn, man, how are you so happy? Cool. Glad you asked. Let me share something with you. Right? But I do not shy away from my faith. The Bible says we're going to be persecuted. We will be persecuted. Here's the thing. And we're always going to be tempted. We're always going to be distracted. The devil is always trying to get us sidetracked. But here's the good news about that. I just shared this on another podcast. Here's the good news. Most people are frustrated with the fact that they're getting distracted and they feel like the devil's working on it. I'm like, hold on, that's good news. That's good news. And the reason why it's good news is because if the devil is not working on you, that means you're already on his team. And so cool. Hey, yeah, I got... I got some bad news yesterday. It's all good. I know I, I can either get upset about it or I can say, you know what, Lord, this is part of the plan. I don't know what it is. Your plan is always greater than my plan. And so I'm just not going to waver from, from talking about that. In, in, in my coaching journey, in, in my entrepreneurship journey, people are getting, the right people are going to come into my sphere of influence the ones that God wants me to impact. And I'm cool with that. The ones that he doesn't, okay, that's fine too. So uh, talk to me a little bit about, you, you You mentioned something about gratitude. Gratitude, right? Such a such a simple practice, right? But uh, how's, how do you think that that helped uh, 
client because you coach a lot of clients, right? And without dispersing any name or anything like that, how do you see the practice of gratitude across the board has helped or not uh, has helped people that is practicing it? And uh, how does the the non-practice, uh, the the absence of gratitude mm. hurt uh, hurt a person or a business? Mm. Can you can can you unpack that a little bit for for the audience here? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You've heard me say this before, I'm sure, but I believe that gratitude and stress and anxiety and fear cannot coexist. And so we have a lot of people that live in a state of stress, live in a state of anxiousness, live in a state of fear. And what I say to them is, hey man, you want to change that mindset? Start practicing gratitude. Start writing down the things that you're thankful for, that you're grateful for. One of the greatest things I came up with, I don't know, several years ago, just through really trial and error, I was going, I was just stressed out. I'm like, what the hell is going on in my life? You know, I got, I feel like the business is burning down. I got this issue over here. This employee's pissed off. This one doesn't like this. All stuff was going on. And I'm just like, what is going on? And I literally just started writing down all the stuff that I was grateful for. So I turned it into a two minute exercise. So anybody in your audience that's listening to this right now, next time you feel yourself stressed out, next time you feel yourself uh, with some anxiety, next time you feel yourself uh, going through some, some shit, I want you to pull out your phone and say, hey Siri, set a timer for two minutes. And I want you to pull out a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or whatever, crayon, and literally just start writing every single thing that comes to mind. I'm grateful for my wife, my kids, Chase, Cody, Cameron. I'm grateful for my car, grateful for my house. I'm grateful for sunshine. I'm grateful for boats. I'm grateful for my clients. I'm grateful for my help. I'm grateful for my colleagues. I'm grateful for the opportunities of which I do not know yet exist, but the ones that the Lord will place before me today to use my talents to go impact the world. Two minutes is up. Look at the list. I can guarantee you your state of stress, your state of anxiety, your state of fear will have subsided because gratitude, stress, and anxiety cannot coexist. And so that's how we have to coach people. Business is hard. Business is tough. Not everybody's called to be an entrepreneur. And when we face those obstacles and we face that stress, there's a, a simple tactic that can get our mind back on track. It's the two-minute gratitude exercise. But don't just rely on the two-minute gratitude exercise every time you get stressed out. Make gratitude a practice of your daily routine. And so every morning when I'm going to the gym and I recite my core values out loud, and I recite the mission, I recite what I'm, what I'm grateful for, I speak it out loud. People driving down the road, well, there's not many people driving down the road at you know 4.30 in the morning, but they see me talking to myself. They're probably thinking, what is wrong with this guy? I mean, I'm looking up into the sky. I'm praying. And so it's part of my championship day. And then when I get home, write it down, right? It goes into a journal. Because again, I know I'm going to come up against some shit in the day. And instead of wallowing in that self-pity, 
I'm going to go back to my journal. And this morning I wrote, today I am grateful for God's love and blessings. My wife, Marianne, my kids, Chase, Cody, and Cameron, my health, my inner circle. So I can get focused back here. Gratitude is one of the most important mindset tricks and shifts that you can make. Right, right. Um, and uh, in my personal experience, it's, uh, it's, it's the same thing, right? Uh, that's uh, how, um, how I deal with problems is like, you know, I'm grateful that I, I have problems to deal with. Some people, they don't have problems to deal with that that's mean that their business is turn, is turning upside down they don't have any lead come in the yes. fact of the matter that i am blessed enough to even have clients to serve and for them to giving me honest lifetime real-time feedback is a blessing in itself you know is um so i i try to approach uh life in uh in that uh that uh, lens, right? Um, you know, the fact that the fact that I am in a short term discomfort right now doesn't mean that this is bad for me. Yeah, you know, so uh, I always try to think in terms of, you know, the because the entrepreneurial purview is only a week. So whenever I have a problem, I'm like, well, let's think about it in one month. Three months. Oh, okay. If I get this problem fixed, it's not going to be so bad. But gratitude allow me mm-hmm. to like jack myself, remove myself from the situation, and even for me, for me at the time, for my ego, myself, and you know, just remove it here and observe the situation, just like what it is. Is hey, we fucked up. Let's let's move forward. Hey, maybe we didn't do something right in the process earlier. Now it's a cascading effect right here. Who forces that is our fault, you know. Exactly. So, uh, so that's uh, that's really important for for me. Uh, to every day I wake up, I'm I'm feeling blessed. Yeah. Everybody asks me how am I doing. I'm blessed and highly favored, yeah. you know, um, because I got an opportunity to get, get right here to talk with you about how how that we can best serve you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all, all that is great, man, because uh, I believe that if, and in entrepreneurship, uh, the, the, the know-how, the tactic, uh, yeah, it's about 20%. It's really the 80% that, uh, the 80% that uh, is self-improvement, self-work, self-discovery, mindset, uh, letting go of who you were so you can become who you will be, who are you are destined to be tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going on a tangent here, but no, I that, love that. That's that that's pretty much uh that's pretty much what gratitude allow me to do is hey, you know, when it's good, right? It's it's good, it's great. Oh yeah, I'm feeling grateful, I'm making a lot of money. I'm making this much, I'm buying a new truck, I'm buying a new house, I'm doing this, I'm doing I feel so grateful. But what happens when thing doesn't go as planned? Yeah. Thing doesn't doesn't go your way. That's yeah. where that's where I that's why I feel that being grateful is 
is very advantageous for me in those uh, scenarios. Absolutely. I'm just touching on a couple of things there. Um, you know, the more grateful you are, the more things you're going to have to be grateful for. Sounds so simple. And it is. But the world has fallen. People are negative, right? And so, you know, gratitude doesn't come natural to everyone. But here's the key. Words matter. What you say to yourself matters. And so imagine when someone says, how are you doing today? Not, not good. You're already in a negative state. Even if I'm not 100%, and this is not fake, but even if I'm not 100% since I know the power of words, when somebody says, Clifton, how are you? Man, I'm somewhere between exceptional and fantastic. Words matter. And you got people huh? attention to like, what? What, what, huh? what do you mean? Huh? And then yeah. I say, well, well, how are you? I'm good. Good. How can we get you from good to great? Because I do believe that everyone, I believe that God has success, whatever success looks like to you. But I believe he has us all destined for success. A level of joy. But they have to, to use your words, they have to become someone different. You can't expect to remain the person you were, but yet expect the results that are required from someone else. So you've got to make the commitment to grow into the person worthy of becoming that other person, that person that God has destined for success. Wow. Wow, that's poetic, man. You know, uh, it's it's nice to see when a man in his mission uh, speaks pas so passionately about what is actually going to move the needle for the people uh, on the call. Uh, to me, um, you know, business is not just shit stick and SOP, right? Uh, it's about making sure that you are actually enjoying what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You are actually enjoying providing for people. You are actually enjoying uh, creating opportunity. You are actually enjoying serving people. And to me, that's the key, right? So, uh, so back again to the mindset thing. You know, um, I uh, ever since I make that flip, like from from just provide from just selling a service into serving people in the community. I mean, uh, oh my God, like the whole business model flipped. I mean, I'm still doing the same thing, building the same stuff, but the, the verbiage is different. Yeah. The way I'm communicating with people is different. The way I'm building relationship is different. Mm -hmm. uh, the way, uh, the way I approach the situation is different. The way I deal with problem is different. When you yeah. think of how can we serve people better? Mm -hmm. Um, and now, which would uh, take me to this, you are, I would say, one of the master in relationship building. Um, and you have some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and talk to me about, uh, about, and uh, let's, let me give some context here. Mm -hmm. I would say, for the listener, I would say Clifton is, he don't say it, but he's one of the brand builders in the industry 
he might not advertise it, but he one of the strongest brand builder I have found in the industry. Uh, and his tactic might look completely different than the billboard and the radio ad and um, a whole a whole lot of other shit that uh, you know the brand builder is supposed to do, right? It, it doesn't involve any logo, it doesn't involve any design anything. But his tactic works because it's follow what I've been preaching or what Jesus been preaching is give givers giver gains, right? So. Yeah. Touch, tell me how did you come up with that philosophy uh, and what you're doing right now for your client to uh, to get them to, uh, I guess, be an attractive company, an, an attractive personality, build your brand up, your company up to have a what I call a brand personality with yes. a set of brand behavior that congruent. To their core values, how to un- unpack a little bit about that here? Yeah, I definitely will. I, I'm going to back up for just a moment, and and I wrote down as you were actually saying it. I was writing down because I wanted to jog my memory. Serve, right? How can we serve? Serve the community. Serve our customers. That's what it's about: providing opportunities and serving other people. Right, that's how we make an impact. Um, so I, I wanted to just touch on that, and, and again, it's serving with the right heart posture as well. We're doing it because we're called to do it. We're doing it because we genuinely want to see the impact on that person whom we're serving. Not so much as, "Hey, look at me! I did all this stuff over here uh, for for this person and that group of people." No, that's 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 not what we're talking about here. Genuine service, but. Uh, to get into it. So, you know, Luan, I started a, a remodeling company on $1,750. I put in $1,750. My partner put in $1,750. And this was in a market that was saturated with contractors uh, in the central North Carolina, Raleigh area, metro area. Uh, in 2010, it's a great recession. People are like, what are you doing? You're crazy, which is a great way to say that uh, you're onto something great when people are saying you're crazy. <laughs> But I didn't have a huge advertising budget. And truthfully, I wasn't good at construction. I don't know how to use chop saws and laser levels and you know sophisticated nail guns and all that kind of stuff. What I'm good at is connecting with people. And so as I would sit across from a homeowner, I could really connect with them. And I'm all about relationships. Right. And so uh, we would connect, you know, we would deploy that tactical empathy that people know about. We would provide a solution to ease the pain that they were currently in. And then we would execute. We were focused on delivering a wow experience. How can we create an experience that is so memorable in an otherwise unmemorable industry? That at the end of that experience, that homeowner is so excited, they can't wait to tell their neighbors, they can't wait to tell their friends, they can't take, wait to tell their coworkers, everybody. That's what we committed to. Okay? And so that's what we did. We did things that were different. Over-communication, dropping this, dropping that, automated this, automated that. Early on, 
But here's the kicker. I will never forget. One day, I was driving by, I was driving to a lead, and I look over, it was a referral, and I look over, and I pass by a house that we had, we had recently done some work on. And I look over and something, something struck me as, as different. And I looked a little bit closer and I'm like, said to myself, damn, I think they actually had some more work done, but we didn't do that work. So of course I reached out, Hey, it's Clifton. I just want to say thank you so much for the referral of, you know, keep their names private, but I'm going to meet with her. I just passed by your house. It looks like you got some windows done. And it was like, like the air had been taken out. And I said, what's going on? Her response was, oh my gosh, you do windows? And there's a lot of people out here right now that are listening to that <laughs> going, man, that's happened to me. And if you're telling yourself that it hasn't happened to you, then you're completely full of you know what. But at that moment, I said, wow, we created an exceptional experience, but they forgot about us. So was it truly exceptional? Or was it just a satisfied customer? So anyway, I went down this path of, all right, well, I got to figure out how we can how we can continue to stay top of mind to these people. Because here's the reality, Luan, and all business owners, I want you to hear, hear this now. If you own a business, your customer is almost just like you. In other words, they probably have a family. They probably have a job. They might even have a boss they don't like. They're busy. They are going to forget about you very quickly unless you commit to a program or a solution or a plan to remain top of mind for them, right? It's not our customer's job to remember us. It's our job to make sure they can't forget us. And so at that moment, I'm like, how can we do this? Man, we launched the referral squirrel program. We launched the top of mind program. And I was doing all of this stuff internally, right? If you're a business owner right now and you're wondering, why is my competition kicking my ass? Why are they getting more referrals, more repeat business? It's not because they have a better ad budget. That might be a part of it. But what they're doing that you're not doing is they have someone on their team that is committed to helping that brand stay top of mind in the eyes of that customer. Too many business owners are chasing the next deal instead of focusing on and pouring and investing back into the people that already trust them. So I created a company building raving fans that basically acts as a client experience department for business. So if you own a construction company and you go out and meet with someone and they don't buy from you, what do you do? How often do you follow up with them? Do you follow up with them? Most salespeople don't. But if I were to tell you that you could send the sales rep out and at the end of that appointment, if that person doesn't buy and your sales rep updates a lead status from scheduled, as an example, to quoting, and in three to five days, that prospect then gets a handwritten thank you card from the sales rep with a QR code on it that launches them to a thank you video, now we're going to work on increased closing rates. Now let's say that homeowner has now decided I want to do business with that company. And you execute, you install, you build, whatever it is in your company. And then 
they get another thank you card. Then they get a thank you gift. And then quarterly, they get surprise and delight gifts. And I'm not talking about gifts with your company name, your company logo, all of that. Listen, your customers don't care about your logo. You care about your logo because you're emotionally attached to it. And that's cool too. But guess what? That doesn't move the needle. So instead of sending your clients, you know, uh, uh, trucker hats and backpacks and all this kind of other stuff with your logos on it, send them something surprise and delight that just says, I'm thinking about you. And so we automated the entire process, Luan. You're a client of ours, right? So we drop gifts to your clients from you with handwritten thank you cards in there or thank you cards in there that say, hey, just had you on my mind. Enjoy this small token of our appreciation. Now, what have we done? We've enacted the law of reciprocity. So now what do they want to do? They want to give us a five-star review. They want to give us a referral. They want to give us some more business. And so, man, we've created a business out of that. Those are the businesses that are winning, that are focused on building the relationships with the people that have already trusted them. And so if you're a business owner, man, and, and, and you're struggling with that, hit me up. Ask Luan how it's going. So, uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, for those that don't understand what law of reciprocity is, is when you give people something, they are indebted to you to give. It's a really powerful uh, psychological law that works in sales, marketing, whatever you want to call it. But uh, the, 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 the thing that I want to add on to uh to and this is not a sales pitch for Clifton. It's just just a you know a combined experience of three four decades of customer service from uh, Clifton uh, and from me to be able to recognize that this is the important part of building any company. Right, is the client success mm-hmm. and um, and too many times that uh, I've seen that uh, people have a big book of business, but they don't work their book of business. Their book of business become not a not a not an asset but a liability because they're afraid that if they were to reach back out to these guys, mm-hmm. can of warm open because they didn't have the process tight. They didn't have the client experience in play. And 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 uh, and you gotta understand that uh, the the good client experience will overcome a lot of things. It will overcome a bad install. It will overcome a lot of things. It will give you a lot of leeway in fixing the client experience. But the the, the thing I want to add is, uh, you know, back in the day, maybe Facebook group and um, Nextdoor app, maybe it's not popular yet. But the, the trend that I'm seeing right now, and I saw this with my own eyes, is when Jess want to buy something, you know where she go? Westside mom's group, Miller's mom group, military mom's group. Mm-hmm. And that's how decision is being influenced, right? Uh, and then uh, you can be on all those groups if you can't get in and kind of drop your company name. But, you know, when people click on your profile and you're the owner of that row, like, they ain't going to believe you. But think about like, think about 
the neighborhood that you want to get in. The neighborhood that you want to get in and you want to maximize that neighborhood. But you don't even have to be in the neighborhood's Facebook group. If you've done a couple of houses out there, send people gift, and those people will become your advocate. So mm-hmm. it's act as a, what I call brand amplifier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's created more impression for your company before you even set foot in the 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 client house. And uh, this might be an un, unintended consequences of doing it, but think about you don't have to do anything. And the best marketing is when you don't have to do it. You're exactly right, man. Like I, I had, and here, here's the, here's the best part. If you're, if you're, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do this, but if you're, if a business is advertising in the Clipper magazine or the, uh, the, the daily, whatever, or the neighborhood, this, and they're constantly placing the same ad, well, your competition is looking at everything you're doing. So they can either emulate it, they can copy it, they can rip it off, they can go deploy it in their own business, whatever. But guess what they can't do? They can't get into my previous customer's mailbox and on their kitchen table with a gift that showed up out of nowhere. They can't do that. They can't replicate that. They can't copy that. And I used to have customers, I had a competition, I'll tell you this real quick, I had a competitor I used to hate going in going in places behind me. He just hated it. And because again, we had built the brand, we had built the authority, we had built the reputation that we were going to deliver a wow client experience. Our business depended on it. We 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 approached business as though our next biz, our next lead had to come from the person in front of us. And when you do that, man, you can change the game in your favor. Right. Um, so um, a lot of interesting thing here to unpack. But uh, one uh, one of the things that I hear repeatedly over the the, the common theme is you gotta you gotta tighten your shit up, have a great process, right? Um, and then uh, this is uh, what Clifton does is just. Uh, Automate some of the scale to unscalable, I would say. You know, Gary Vee talk about this. A lot of people talk about this. Like all the great business leader, they're a master. They're a master at relationship builder. Mm-hmm. They're a master at relationship builder. And they probably, you know, that's probably all they do is, you know, build relationship. So I think. I think there's a lot of opportunity and gains and riches and just, you know, an easier time to marketing if if people would make a change to being a give first mentality, right? Uh, well, how, how do I know I get a return from that? Well, you know, you, you don't. Mm-hmm. Until, you don't because it's, is to me, it's brand. It, that's that's the hard thing about uh, you know what you're doing. I, you can't really quantify that. We can try to track, but you can't really quantify. It. But I know, I know, and I know, and I know mm-hmm. that if you do it, your sales are gonna be easier. You're gonna be more 
you're going to be more searched on Google. You're going to build a better authority on Google. Your SEO is going to improve. It's, it, it's a whole microcosm of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one, uh, I think, uh, man, we've, we've been talking for a long time, but one last thing, Clifton, what was the best advice that you ever received that you would like to pass on to anybody? Uh, that uh, what was that? What was that advice for you? Yeah. So before I answer that question, I want to just share one thing. You know what we're talking about is is non traditional marketing. Most business owners think of of Google and Facebook ads and direct mail and all that as traditional advertising because that's just what they've that's what they teach in college and you know there's digital marketing agencies all over the planet. What we're talking about is relationship marketing. It is difficult to quantify with certainty the return on investment from relationship marketing. It's not we invest $2,000 a month into this relationship marketing program and we get 15 leads. Just like, you know, if you go do $2,000 budget for Google PPC ads and you get 20 leads, okay, well, now it's $100 a lead, all that kind of stuff. But what you see from it is somebody gets a gift, they make a mention over here, they make a mention over there. Oh, I heard about you in a Facebook group. Oh, I saw this over here, right? Oh, and yeah. then then they get a gift in the mail. Now all of a sudden, if you follow up with them, now you got a customer testimonial. Now you've got uh, a Google review. Now you've got better organic placement. So anyway, I just wanted to just say that to the to the audience is relationship marketing is kind of hard to quantify. So if you're exploring relationship marketing programs, and your mindset is okay, well, if I give you two thousand dollars, how many leads can I expect? I need you to sort of look at it a little bit differently. Now to the question. What's the best yeah. piece of advice I've ever gotten? Mm-hmm. Um, the best piece of advice I've, I've ever received is uh, there's nothing that's off limits. There's nothing that's off limits. Um, but you have to make a commitment to whatever it is and you got to keep working at it. But there's nothing that's off limits. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't get that advice as a kid. That's not something that was like a mantra. I, I didn't get that advice until probably, you know, maybe about 10 years ago. There's nothing that's off limits. Well, Clifton, it's been an enjoyable conversation. And uh, you know what? I I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you uh, being a light in the industry, being a light in the community, and uh, just being uh, a friend, a leader, uh, uh, an example Here's a, an example for people to follow. If you follow what this guy does, I mean, you can't lose. You can't lose. It's, it's like, you know, our company grew from one to three to five, and Clifton was a big help with that and uh, straightened out my mindset. And, uh, you know, just being somebody that I can look up to and just copy his action whenever I feel stuck, because I know he followed God. So what he does is according to the Bible. And I'm trying to find my journey back to to God as well. So uh, 
So with that, man, I appreciate you coming on here and providing such great value. And these are the intangible things that are going to flip your business upside down. Like if you're negative and if you listen to this podcast, you follow you follow fate, you build relationship. I mean, you just can't lose. You might not see the result. Of right away, you, but it's coming. You know, uh, what you sow, but it's coming, you know, and uh, and that's a there's a level of patience in, in this approach, but uh, you got to keep sowing the seed, right? So with that, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Luan, it's been a true pleasure, man. Uh, this journey with you has been something that I'm I'm grateful for, and I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to come on your show today and drop some value, and hopefully some of your audience members will take some action. Uh, and until the next time we speak, or hang out. God bless. Hey, be great. hey, Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, my friend. God bless. God bless you.